At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Well, hello there, everybody. How are you today? It's just little old me today doing a one-off on a very, very important topic. And I hope you find this useful. What I'm really hoping for is some feedback. Does the episode I'm about to do resonate with you? Does it ring true? Do you think I'm missing anything? And this is based on a lot of personal observation, but uh, let's get started. So there is a negative feedback loop that can be started because of rejection. We see this in the transition to civilian life or the attempt to, uh, for transition to civilian life with both military and police. A lot of times you see somebody that gets out and they're like all ready to go. I've had enough of this military stuff. I'm out of here. And then within six months, they're right back in. What often is happening there is they thought the grass was greener on the other side But what they found is that they get out and they think, geez, everything's different. All my friends that I had in high school, they just seem so different. I don't understand them anymore, and they don't understand me. Huh, well, this doesn't feel very good. So that sense of this doesn't feel very good. I'm a fish out of water. I'm a square peg in a round hole. So they get back into a place where they do fit and where at least they understand the rules of the game. Most people are looking for the comfort, the acceptance of some sort of tribe. Most people, most of the time, probably everybody is looking for a sense of tribe, a sense of community, which is why peer support is so important. When you're around uh, other injured veterans or first responders who just get it without any judgment or stupid questions, it's just an easy place where you, "Ah, ah, I can just be me. So, I want to talk about one of the potential negative feedback loops of this rejection. I just described one, sort of, but when somebody feels rejection, whether it be from a lover or from friends or society in general, general, that's a really tough thing to take. I know personally, I'm one of those kids that was bullied a lot. And when you feel like you're just not good enough, nobody likes you, nobody wants to play with you, it's the crappiest feeling that there is. And it's tough not to internalize it. Uh, Myself, somehow, there was a little beacon of light that even though I wasn't feeling great about myself, I thought, you know, there's got to be more to it. I I know I'm a pretty decent person, so I would hang, hang on to the one or two people that didn't reject me, that let me into their circle. And that was enough for me. And then eventually, uh, I I learned some more social skills. And what do you know? Now I show up to a place and I'm actually the popular guy. It's really weird. But that isn't everybody. Most people, instead of um, creating a fix for it and finding a way out of that hole, they end up in the hole even deeper. So an, uh, an example of that is somebody who's just a bit of a different duck. So they have trouble forming friendships. So their peer group isn't very strong. And because people kind of keep the person at arm's length, they are always superficial friends at best. And they just can't make good friendships because they don't have those skills. Uh, and because they don't have those skills, they feel on guard. Because they feel on guard, they're less transparent and less authentic, which means their ability 
to have an authentic relationship is now less because it hurts too much to be authentic because you're used to being rejected for being yourself. So take the same person, put him in into a job, trying to figure out this whole job thing. Most jobs are with other human beings. So what happens at the job? Well, now my workmates are rejecting me because I'm different. And especially when you're younger, people are just can be so mean to anybody that's different or doesn't know how to fit in. So you go to this job and you are rejected again. And because you're rejected and you're clearly the low person on the social totem pole, you are not treated very well. So maybe that job doesn't last so long. You quit or get fired. You try another job. Same thing happens, only worse this time because now you've got a chip on your shoulder. You're always looking around to, to think, okay, who's got it in for me? Who's going to be the one with, with the next smart comment? And, of course, you're going to want to defend yourself. So maybe you're going to uh, have a bit of a temper on you, be a bit chippy, easily offended. Because that's been the story so far. It's natural for you to expect that there's going to be more rejection. So by the time people tend to grow out of this, uh, it's just, uh, socially, is around 25. And that's where people just stop acting like that. And younger in some circles. But you still got that chip because you still got that whole lifetime of people picking on you and you're just expecting it around every corner. So you got your next job and then your next job. Before you know it, the thought of, of going into another job is absolutely too much because what happens every time? You get rejected. How does that feel? Like crap. How does getting fired feel? Horrible. And all of these things reinforce that negative self-image that you have because of the rejection. So that's the negative feedback loop. The bad begets more bad begets more bad. And down, down, down the drain that you go. And the more you get rejected, the more you tend to isolate yourself. The more you isolate yourself, the less opportunity you have to develop any social skills. So every time you're, you venture out and try something social, you get rejected again, and you isolate for longer and for deeper. And if you have... And the longer and deeper that you isolate, you inch out again, maybe for a family event, and you still don't fit. And you're angry, and you're chippy. And you lash out at people, because everybody's out to get you. Because that's how it feels. And in a way, that is actually what's happening, because it's your behavior. You can't see it, but it's your behavior. You're the one that, that is uh, tough to deal with. Because you're pushing people away. You're pushing people away because you don't want to get hurt. A perfectly natural reaction. So this goes down, goes down, goes down. And what, what's at the bottom of this spiral? Homelessness? Addiction? If somebody has managed to be high-functioning, managed to keep a job, but are constantly rejected in other areas of their life, perhaps their family, you'll see them isolating from whoever is hurting them. Wherever they go and they feel like they're being rejected, that's where they stay away from. And another form of rejection are people that you know that are doing better than you think that you're doing. So people that are progressing in their lives where you are not. That feels like rejection. It feels like pain because the jealousy of somebody's doing something that I am not. So you become that toxic person that will either degrade those people and 
if you're strong enough, you'll actually look up to them and say, hey, there's a beacon of hope. Maybe I can be like that. And then you can turn yourself around. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen a lot because you already feel so crappy about yourself that what happens is everybody around you that's a bright light, instead of going towards that light, you find that it's blinding. So you isolate even more. All those bright lights that could help you if only you're to ask, because bright lights tend to be very, very helpful. So instead of going towards those bright lights, you go away from the bright lights and more into the darkness. To spot somebody like this, even if they're high-functioning, if they're low-functioning, they don't have a job. If they're high-functioning with a job, go look at their house. Does it look like a landfill site in there? The Some people can have two different faces, and but it's going to show up somewhere. Often you'll go into a person's place who's got a good job, some sort of standing in society, but their home looks like a landfill site because that is a reflection of how they feel inside. You treat yourself the way you believe you deserve to be treated. That's how you treat yourself. And if their house looks like a total mess, that's what they look like on the inside. That's how they feel about themselves. That's the truth of what's going on psychologically. That's the truth of their self-esteem. If you think you're worth it, you don't leave a pile of gross dishes molding in the sink. You don't have uh, a floor that you really should be wearing shoes (laughs) to, to be walking on. If you are clean in your mind and in your spirit, your outside environment will reflect that. Now, that negative feedback loop can be broken by attacking the external. So the late, great Bob Proctor was once asked, I feel so stuck. I'm just so stuck in my life. I don't know what to do. I'm just so confused and overwhelmed. And he said, what does your garage look like? He says, well, it's an unholy mess, but what does that have to do with anything? He goes, clean your garage and then come talk to me. But don't talk to me again until that garage is clean. And the guy's like, oh, what? What are you talking about? That makes no sense. But he went and cleaned the garage, and what do you know? He felt better, went back to Bob Proctor. He goes, what type of voodoo is that, dude? What is the voodoo that you do? What's going on here? Why do I feel better? He goes, because your brain is subconsciously tracking absolutely every piece of, of junk all over the garage. So the more you clean it out or organize it, the less your brain is keeping track, the less stressed you are, the less stressed you are, the less overwhelmed you feel. Now, it's the same with depression that manifests with clutter and, and grossness and, and a lack of personal hygiene. If that feedback loop through neural linguistic programming works in two directions. So if you clean up your external environment, your internal environment also cleans up. When it is orderly around you, you feel orderly within you. That's why in military training, they teach you the way they do in uh, basic training and in battle school to have everything super duper in line and processed and standardized. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it, but a lot of it is psychology because it's overwhelming combat training. And so that you are less overwhelmed, you know where everything is to the millimeter. You know where everything is and where to find it and what to do. You understand the rules of the game and it's cleansing. Uh, There's something about polishing your boots that to this day I still enjoy doing because it is meditative. 
making those little circles and there's a real sense of accomplishment by looking at those beautiful boots and going not everybody could do that that's really really something that's the external environment affecting the internal environment it's self-esteem through keeping promises to yourself so if you treat yourself well by treating your environment well by having a clean uncluttered house by keeping things in good repair, by not hanging on to things that you don't need anymore, get rid of them, clear them out, be as minimalist as possible. By doing those things, by treating yourself well, you're creating a positive feedback loop and breaking that cycle. So if you know of somebody who lives in deplorable conditions, understand the pain that they're going in. They feel rejection. So you going in there and telling them what a slob they are and they're just going to feel more rejection. Does that make sense? I hope it does. But they're just going to feel more rejection. So instead, go in with some compassion and let them know, it's like, you're more than this. For those that remember the episode I did with Joe Roberts, he pushed a shopping cart across the country. He was living under a bridge, addicted to drugs, homeless, And it just took some random dude to sit on a park bench and look at him and go, I see more in you than you see in you. You actually have a lot of potential. Maybe you can't see it, but I see it. And it walked away. That little spark of hope was all that it took. So who do you know that could use that bit of encouragement? That's maybe a a way to address it. Go have a visit. When they're weird, try not to let them know that they're being weird. (laughs) Unless you can do it with a way that's uh, compassionate. But let them know that they are worth more. And maybe offer a hand. It's like, look, this squalor that you're living in, you're worth more than this. Tell you what, would you allow me to help you clean it up? And then clean it up with them. Help them the first time or the first couple times. Maybe challenge them to keep it up. And tell them that they're worth it, that they deserve more. Notice how their self-esteem will start to go up. How they start to wear cleaner clothes. Start to shave more often. Have tidier hair. Take them for a haircut. Maybe spring for it if you need to. But these are the types of things that can get people out of that negative feedback loop. It doesn't have to be anything super dramatic. But remember, they are suffering from a lack of self-esteem because of rejection. That is why their life looks the way it is. So the only way to fix that is with connection and acceptance and compassion. And that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Please leave comments about this and let me know what you think. Let me know if you know anybody that fits this description and maybe a random act of kindness. Try to give them some help. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment, that would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. 
the help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring.